0: What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? Hey, this is PC. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. I'm super, super excited today. Our guest is an unbelievable educator down from southern Mississippi, Chase Chatfield. Chase, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show here today. Just take a couple of minutes, and I want you to introduce yourself and your history in education and how you got to this point in your educational career.
1: Well, good morning. My name is Chase Chatfield. I'm currently a middle school art teacher, um, I started teaching in 2011. Um, previous jobs that I had, I realized that it was difficult to heal adults. So I've decided that it'd be better for me to grow children. And honestly, I come from a long line of teachers, and I think I just kind of fought that in my blood. Um, my grandmother, my great grandmother, started as a one-room school teacher in Alabama she would leave her family for a week and come back on the weekends uh, my grandma was a school teacher um, her husband was in the military so as they traveled around he taught my, my mom did a lot of substitute teaching um, I dabbled in it a little bit right out of college and then did odd jobs here and there and after 15 years and people telling me you should be a teacher you should be a teacher you should be a teacher I was like you know what I mean Sometimes people know you better than you know yourself. So I uh, dove into it. I started off in elementary school teaching first grade and then moved to middle school where I found my people and uh, started off teaching math, worked my way into leadership and character education. And now I'm doing uh, arts integrated, which I bring a lot of technology and graphic design and construction into uh, the middle school art classroom And just provide students an opportunity to express themselves as often and as different as they feel they need to. Super cool, man.
0: I love that. And it's funny what you said there about the elementary to the middle school and kind of finding your people and just from talking to different educators my mom was an elementary school teacher for her entire career and it's funny how we all have that you know it it's all about personalities i guess you know and how they mesh with the different age levels and stuff and i would always joke around with my mom that she would have a heart attack if she came to the high school during a class change because of course at the high school level it's just chaos you know in between classes whereas at the elementary school we're in single file lines and you know you got the quiet signs up and all that good stuff Why do you think it was that the middle school level suited your personality better?
1: You know, it's, I think for me, at least, I understand middle school kids a little bit more than I did elementary. Like in elementary, I enjoyed the play learning and I enjoyed coming up with different centers and crawling around the ground and having dirty pants all day long. And, um, things that came with elementary school but then we got to the middle school i really enjoy if anything i really enjoy watching the students work through themselves not world issues not family issues not friends but they're coming into their own their personalities are coming out stronger they're starting to speak up for themselves they're starting to question um They're starting to fall in love and that's always fun to watch. Yep. And, you know, so it, watching them do that and helping them through those processes, not like, hey, you should do this and giving out the advice of a wise old man that's been around for a long time, but just telling them, hey, look, this was my experience. This is what I did. And this is the things that I went through. It's not new, but it's new to you. I'm here to help you however you need. If it's you just want to yell at me because you're mad at somebody, go for it. Yeah. You know, if you want to come in here and put your head down and just cry over what happened at break, go for it. You know, and just having being there for them the way they need me to be there for them and not the way I want to be there for them. And for me, that's what I love about middle school. they the coming into their own and they're finding out their likes and their dislikes and they're just – the full, well-rounded experience of learning, not only just education, but personally is an absolutely amazing thing to watch.
0: Spot on, man. And so you're talking about that full, well-rounded education, and helping them find their niche and the things that they like. One of the coolest things that you do that that I love just from watching on social media is you've gotten heavily involved with gaming on your campus to the point that you actually have a gaming team now um, for your students there. And I just think that that is so awesome. And so I know a lot of people, this is something that's new um, across the country in in a lot of schools that are trying to figure it out. And some schools don't even know anything about it yet. So provide some background there. How did you get involved? Why does it matter? How do you get started if I wanted to start a gaming team on my campus?
1: Well, esports is fairly new to the broad spectrum of the public with um, regards to large events and prize winnings and game system and console competitions. Um, You know, I started playing video games way back in the Intellivision and Commodore 64 era. And I realize some of your listeners are probably going to have to Google that. And when they do, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, you know, but that's where I started. Um, in the mid 80s, when Nintendo was a thing, I was all over that. I didn't care. I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that, oh, this is video games and it's called Nintendo. I've got to have it. And um, that's what I rode my parents on. You know, I mean, I, I would have friends over and we would uh, take turns just talking trash and and yelling and hollering and competing against each other and calling next and running to get something to eat and come back in between games. And um, it's just been a part of my life, you know, ever since I was a middle school kid. Yeah. And when I got to middle school. And started teaching, I got stuck in the my personal life is over here, my interests, and this is the school interest. And I separated my personal self from what I was doing at school. And my second year teaching in middle school, I had a kid in my class that was a hard dog. Like he was, you couldn't get him to do nothing. You couldn't get him to say nothing. He didn't want to be nothing. And then next thing you know, he finds out that I play Call of Duty. And I can't get this kid to stop doing anything ever again. He would bring, and what I mean by that is he talked to me nonstop, like mid class. You know, when you make that teacher mistake and say, Hey, does anyone have any questions? He, and he'll go, Yeah. And next thing you know, he's talking about Call of Duty. And so he started writing out um, different loadouts and builds to use in game and strategies on particular maps and different types of. Um, game styles and then that was one of the moments when I realized that I hid myself from my students yeah and so I brought my passion of playing video games into the classroom with some purpose and so I gamified my classroom a little bit more where we would learn non-stop and really hard for you know five six ten minutes and we would take a complete three minute brain break and then we would hit it again and then break and hit it again and break. Next, you know, class is over and everyone's like, what happened? And it's like, we learned. So based off of that, I was like, yeah, I need to go to my principal and we need to have a gaming club. You know, the big picture goal was like, we're going to get inside one of these computer labs and we're going to bring our Xboxes and PlayStation uh, to, to school and just have some fun and we'll get on the computers and do some PC games. And then when I went and talked to my principal, it was a hard no, like a left handed turn down, just absolutely not that's not something that we could do, okay, and I would ask why, you know, I said, well well, why is why not? why can't we? Why is this so difficult for us to do? And I was given you know the the layout of the specific red tape. I don't remember, I just know I just remember it was a lot of principal type responses. You know, well, we can't do this and we don't know this and we don't do that. And I was like, well, they just don't understand, you know, what it is. It's not what you only know, not only what you see. And so I kept on and I kept on. And um, it really has been a act of service and an act of love over the last two, three years of just constantly asking over and over and again, over and over again. and then students started getting involved and then that's where it finally took off is it what i was a teacher wanting to do this for the students and while they were okay with that they didn't honestly i don't think they really wanted it to happen but once students started getting involved administration and the school district had to listen because now it was a thing the students wanted to do And that's the key for anybody that wants to start something is to make sure the students are in front of you and you're there supporting them versus you standing in front of them and pulling them along. Yeah, they they really, you know, schools and districts really need to see that this is going to be a student led thing and not just a teacher led thing. And so from that point, it turned into, okay well, we want you to do this thing, but you've got to figure everything out. So we scoured the school and our school thankfully has a program called Project Lead the Way. And that means that we have um, computers in the school that can run CAD programs, um, that can do engineering type uh, programs. And so these computers were built for engineering, um, where I'm trying to look for uh, engineering stuff okay (laughs) and um but they could run computer-based video games easily and so we found these computers at the school we got them all in the same room and um got permission to build them up and then we had to talk to technology you know and their biggest concern was that now They'd have to open up their Internet to potential risks because they'd have to unblock these sites that normally would be blocked by the school. Yep. So there was that extra effort that they had to do to change, to have a port for us to switch. Um, And so when you don't understand, you know, what the students are asking you to do, but you're doing it anyways, it's a really it's a really big deal. Yep. Um, so when we started our esports team, we started uh, this year and my district of superintendent said, hey, we want you to do this, but there's no stipend. In the teacher world, if you give up extra time after school, stipends are a big deal. Yeah. You know, getting paid to do something. And my response was that my response to him saying, hey, there's not going to be a stop stipend was I don't care and i don't and i think anyone that coaches anything or has a club that they're doing it because they love it while it's nice to get a little extra money if you're around something that you love you're going to do it for free for sure and let's be honest i'd be playing video games after school once i got my my adult life done anyways so why not do it for my school yeah And help my kids be who they want to be, how they want to be. So once we got our season going, um, we ended up with, uh, we started a club at the school as well, where it was just an open invitation of, hey, y'all, come on in, play video games, hang out. Um, So we do anywhere from uh, card games like Magic the Gathering uh, to table games like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then the computer games, we stick to this, what is specifically supported by the state um, high school sport association um, so that we just stay within, you know, the, the, rules of, of our school. Okay. And, and so they show up, I have about 30, 30 kids that are part of the gaming club. And for me, this is the most important thing out of those 30 kids I had 11 of them have never been part of school activities at all. Love it. They haven't been part of a club. They haven't been part of a team. They rarely go to events, but they showed up to this meeting because this is what was important to them. And this was their people. This is where they felt safe. Um, I was able to see former students um, because this, this team and the club is, at, is specifically at the high school, and I teach at the middle school. Okay, but I was able to see—I was able to see older students, or see students that I used to teach, and they just seeing the blossom from what I saw in middle school to where they were now in high school was really amazing. Um, kids so quiet in class and don't say anything, but they get into the gaming club and they're just on it, and they're talking strategies and they're joking and they're they're talking trash and uh walking around flexing out after a good round of smash brothers you know and from and from the outside people would think that's weird but when it comes to competitive video gaming which every video game is competitive yep that it is no different than your traditional sports you know the the name esports electronic sports is just another way of saying that we are an organized gaming institute. That's all it is, and you know we we have this, the same thing you can learn through playing baseball or football or soccer, you know swimming, bowling, archery, any traditional sport. Video games does the exact same thing electronically. Yeah, you know, and right now, esports is the only thing that's going on. You know, everyone is is stuck at home. Schools are closed. Sports um, all the way up to the professional level are shut down. But we're still having esport competitions because we can all do it remotely from our homes or from uh, event sites. And it's it's really awesome that our students found a place, you know, um, and that for me is. Worth any type of effort, is worth any type of lost time from my personal life or from my professional life to make sure that they have something that they enjoy that gets them connected, that gets them invested um, in their school and an active participant in their education. If it takes video games to do that, then you make sure video games happen on your campus. Yep that's awesome man and
0: I think I saw I was trying to pull it up on my phone here there was an ESPN article about over the weekend that NASCAR did a virtual race Um, yeah here. okay so Danny Hamlin uh, barely beat out Dale Earnhardt Jr. and they're all racing like they did a virtual online race through these video games and I'm like how cool is that you know especially like you said in this time right now with the coronavirus going around and everything is shut down but there's still this ability for people to be connected um, through online gaming. And like that, that's so, so cool to me. And so you talked about, you said, you mentioned this earlier, but just to clarify esports is a sanctioned sport in the state of Mississippi.
1: It is. We are, um, we are governed by um, the high school sports association um, in three games uh, for now. Uh, as much as I would love to happen um, First person shooter games um, just aren't going to be part of schools. Correct. Uh, you ha- you know, that's going to be something that you are just going to have to do on your own um, and then work into the, you know, sponsorships and joining clubs and teams uh, once you're out of school. But there are currently three games that are, uh, that are certified, sponsored by the state uh, league of legends, smite and rocket league. So, Rocket League is pretty much you're playing soccer with mini cars inside of a space the size of a shoebox. Yeah. And it's very arcadey. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's fast paced. Uh, League of Legends and Smite are are games that are uh, they use five man squads and each person has a role. So communication is key um, skill with a particular character is important not to mention the adjustment if your character uh if the other team decides that your character can't be used and they they ban it from that particular competition you have to pick a different one based on what you see a lot of a whole lot of real-time adjustments and decision makings decisions that need to be made um within the game even before the game is started yeah okay
0: very cool. And so is this on Xbox or is this on PlayStation? Like what console are we using here?
1: So um, for for eSports, most of your eSports are going to be done on the – for us is specifically the computer. Okay. Um, so you – and I'm a PC player myself, so I don't know all the platforms that um, these games are on. Okay. Um, I do I do play Rocket League on Xbox. Yep. But you can also down download the game onto a PC and then connect your controller to the uh, to the computer. Um, Smite is also a, a PC based game, um, but a lot of your big competitions, you know, Fortnite, League of Net, League of Legends, Dota two are going to be on uh, on your PC. But then you'll um, and Call of Duty has, has started to switch over to that as well. But you'll also find a lot of console players because truthfully, it's the most accessible form of video gaming for most people because of the price. Yeah. You know, a b- brand new system. Once you get all the bells and whistles that you need to, to, to use, you can you can easily spend, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars um, to have a really good gaming Computer, you may start reaching towards like the twelve and fifteen hundred dollar realm to if you do a build out the way you want to do it. Okay. Which becomes an issue for for schools as well because when they when you say well we have I have two teams two League of Legend teams and that's ten people plus two alternates so that's twelve and then I'm not going to do the math in my head real fast but when you do twelve times fifteen hundred yeah that's what you call expensive yeah. And so it's, you, you got to find a way to make it work. Um, and so, like I said earlier, uh, we benefit from having Project Lead the Way at our schools. So we have engineering design computers that have the graphic cards and have the, the, uh, the RAM and the CPU to run what we need to run and still be competitive. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: And so is there a season, like a gaming season? So baseball is in the spring and, you know, soccer's in the fall sometimes, you know, is there a gaming
1: season? Yeah. Well, currently we um, at the high school level, we have our there are several different platforms that host um, these seasons. Ours is called Play Versus. And we have two seasons. We actually have one that starts right after that's in the fall, right after football. And then we have one in the spring that starts um, just after soccer. Um, now for the schools that don't have sometimes football and soccer run at the same time. So basically after the first nine weeks of school, our season will start. It'll be a nine week season. Um, based on the number of teams that are active, we'll have a playoff um, over the next uh, about five weeks. And then we crown a state champion. Um, and so last season, so in the fall season, There were 22 teams, and so the top eight went to playoffs. And then this uh, spring season, we jumped up to 43 teams. Oh, wow. And yes. And so while – and the thing that we ran into was, you know, we were given permission to um, compete from home by the competitive uh, board through Play Versus. Um, and the season that we're involved with. But the schools and the athletic departments have said, no athletic, no activities, nothing whatsoever. And so it's been very difficult for us to, like, well, our season is still going on. We still have matches. <laughs> and so if the other team doesn't, or we have to forfeit games if we can't play them. Yeah. So we're we're a little heartbroken that, you know, a good start to our season is, is slowly getting, you know, a little, a little messed up, but that that's part of it. You know, sometimes you just, you just, you just can't do it, but you know, our guys are still playing, you know, with each other and they're hitting each other up and practicing. So when we come back, hopefully we can make up some of these games that we've had to forfeit based on quarantine. For sure. For sure. And so when you're playing another team,
0: another school, are you traveling to that school or they're coming to you or it's all done from your own personal, you know, your, your computer systems at your school and they're at their school on their computer system?
1: Well, we, we're we in two separate locations. Okay. Um, the, the overhead for an esports team is nothing in reality. Um, you, you already have the computers at the school. You already have the Internet at your school. Um, there's no travel. You don't go to another school to to compete. Um, uh, there's no 4A, 5A, 6A, 1A. There's there's none of that. There's you're a video gamer. I'm a video gamer. Get wrecked. That's basically all it is. You yeah. Know? Um, we we communicate well with the other coaches through our platform um, to make sure that everybody's ready to go. Um, so there's a really strong sense of fair play and the, the district's overhead cost that they would have to um, they would have to front would to make sh- really make sure that there's strong enough internet at right. the school without disruption um, for us to be able to compete um, that's the big part and the second part is building out the computers to at the very least the minimum specifications um, to be so that the students feel that they're being competitive. Um, and that's honestly not most computers are designed that way to have the minimum specs, especially a newer computer. Yep. Um, to have the minimum specs needed to compete in esports. Um, but it doesn't take much to update a little bit just to get them performing a little stronger. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so cool, man. It all just fascinates me. Like I said, I see a lot of your posts and stuff that you put on social media and I'm just like, that is so cool. And I think my favorite part about the whole thing is like you said, with your 30 kids, 11 of them hadn't been involved in anything before that. And so that means that's 11 kids now that are connected to something that have that sense of belonging. And that's what we all want. Right. And I I think that goes back to that relationship piece that you've been hitting on this entire conversation is how can we make sure that every single person has something to be plugged into on campus? And so for you to be able to spearhead and to provide that for those kids, like that's just so, so cool to me. and such a powerful, powerful thing. And so I like thank you for doing that. You know, talk about sponsorships. Um I, I know you said there's not a lot of cost involved in anything, but I know you guys got like you got some jerseys made and everything. Have you been able to get like any kind of support from the community in terms of funding like your jerseys or anything else along those lines?
1: So um <laughs> it's really funny when you go tell folks that hey we're part of the esports team the response is the esport what? Because they don't know what it is. Yeah. So take a few minutes to explain that to them. Um, but this is what I what I have found is that they say, well, y'all play video games. Why do you need a jersey? It's like, well, because my students, my competitors need to walk around their campus with the V on their shoulder. And, and that's our one of our school symbols, you know, and be able to walk around with some pride on game day, just like any traditional sport. Yep. And so the, the key is when looking at sponsorships is that you've got to be able to. Relate what esports is to something they already understand. Um, if you just try to talk video games, you just try to talk sports, uh, esports, you're going to lose them. Uh, they're not going to know what you're talking about. And once someone is lost, they're no longer invested and they're just, they are apologetic and that's about it. But the thing that I have found is that when I go to these places, your most of your managers and your business owners are in their early to mid thirties right now. Yep. And over half of those play video games. And every time I've asked for something, I have gotten a resounding yes, followed by the response. That is so cool. Yep. I wish I had that when I was in school. hundred percent. And so they're seeing that, Hey, I may not have had it while I was in school, but now they're, uh, the uh, There are kids that have that opportunity. I want to give that opportunity to them. And so going from business to business, um, we, you know, it's not a hundred percent. We don't get supported by everybody. Um, we're told good luck or that's really neat, but I can't do anything. But when it comes to the sponsorships, a lot of them are like, man, I wish I would have had this when I was in school. And our biggest fundraiser is a ultimate foodie fundraiser where we've only gone to restaurants and we've asked for gift cards we don't ask for cash they want to give it we're not going to say no but we ask for gift cards for their restaurant and then we do a raffle and sell and whoever wins the raffle gets the gift cards to all of the restaurants that's been our biggest thing um, we're also in a rural community so one of the other um, sponsorships that we did is we got with. Businesses that don't have a foothold in our community. Yeah. And we brought their we brought their product up to our location and they've just donated one. Um, they've donated food and then we sell it at break or um, we sell it uh, uh, during morning break or just after school, um, depending on whatever the uh, the product is. And, you know, the more donations that you get, obviously, the, the more you make. Plus, like, like we talked earlier, where we have, so many, I have several students on the club, on the team and in the club that have never done anything, the parents are like, we will pay whatever you want because my kid wants to be involved now. Yeah. I've been fighting this for his entire academic career to be part of your school to do something. And it's been just a hard no left and right. But they're willing to, what do you need? How can I get it done? and when do you need it? And, um, no, we don't take advantage of that. Um, we do, we have very minimal, we are a, uh, we run the club in a pay as you go type of thing. So if we have an event, Hey, we're going to do this, this is how much it costs. Hey, we're going to do this, this is how much it costs. Um, and we, we vote on it and stuff, but you know, fundraising, um, it isn't difficult, but you, you got to have somebody that's willing to do it. I'm, My personality is very much a not ask for help. It makes me uncomfortable, you know, asking for other things from from people. I'd much rather try to get it done myself or find a way to make it work with what we have. Um, But thankfully, I do have a a sponsor that um, is more than willing to help out. So it makes it a little bit easier um, when asking for help. And uh, I also have another teacher friend that is the representative over at the high school during the day. That is the absolute queen of asking for stuff unapologetically. Yeah. And um, so uh, it's, it's, you definitely have to have those folks be, because video games in general, um, we tend, we do tend to be introverts in the sense that we stay at home, we play games, Yep. you know, it's at a, common misconception that you know we're all 300 pounds and live in our parents' basements and drink Dorito flavored mountain dew all day long <laughs> that don't get me wrong there's probably some there there are some of those out there but uh you know we all play video games you know from the the receptionist at the hair salon doing candy crush to Um, the the teenager, that as soon as he gets home, he uses video games to unwind and disconnect and just relax before he starts his schoolwork. Yep, yep.
0: That's great stuff, man. I absolutely love it. Very informative for me, and I know the listeners will get a lot from that as well. Another cool thing of technology, cool piece of technology that you are a huge advocate of is Kahoot. Talk a little bit about, for somebody that's not familiar with what Kahoot is, what it is and how
1: you utilize that in your classroom. All right, so Kahoot! is a great way to gamify your classroom. Um, It's a game-based learning platform and it uses multiple choice quizzes that allow the students um, to compete against each other to show off their academic prowess in class. So it can be anywhere from five questions to 50 questions or somewhere in between. There have been a lot of updates and a lot of upgrades um, over the past year with with the system to now uh, you can provide pictures in your answers. Um, You have uh, you can make it team based, you can make it solo based. Uh, you, you could use it as a survey. So like at the beginning of the week, if you're introducing a new topic um, and you just want to do, uh, let's see what you know about it assessment. And the kids do that. They enjoy it. It's a game. But now you have a whole lot of data that can drive your instruction and drive your lesson planning. Um, you can then take that same set of questions that they may not have done so well on, show it to them again, and then they now have an instant uh Uh, What's the word I'm looking for. Now they know that where they've come from. So on Monday, they got four out of 10 questions, right? Yep. On Wednesday, after there's been some instruction and some practice, they're now at seven out of 10. So they see that they've grown right there. And I think it's a lot of things in in class, even when I've, you know, with my teaching that sometimes I forget that they need to see. What they've learned through what they've learned versus oh you guys are doing great and just getting those words of affirmation from me yeah if they can play against themselves which this uh, kahoot does have a um, a kind of a ghost program to where I can pull up an old game and they play against themselves from a couple of weeks ago and they can see oh well last time I was here and I did this one and and I know this part oh I don't understand this question so I need to focus on that so it, it helps them understand that okay. Out of the 10 questions that were introductory, I now I know seven out of 10 of those. I'm not going to worry about the information on those seven. I'm going to focus on the information of the three. Yeah. And So now we're also teaching them how to take the time to study on their own, which has you know, is is difficult to learn how to study. And so through gamifying your your. Your classroom, whether it's Kahoot or another another platform. Um, it engages the students. It helps them want to be involved because at the very least at the end of the class period, they get to jump up, they get to scream and holler. They get to celebrate a victory. They can trash talk for a couple of minutes and then it's on to the next class. Yeah. Um, and if you, for me, that's part of bringing me into the classroom is the gamification. Um, I will say that those type of technology programs aren't for all teachers. You know, I would love to say that it is, but not all teachers want to use that type of stuff in the classroom because they're not comfortable with it. And my statement to them is just to encourage them to get out of your comfort zone, step out on the skinny branch, and let, your, let the kids and your students' enthusiasm kind of push forward the way you run your class to help them be involved more. Um, Because then they'll come in the next day and be like, hey, we do another Kahoot? And now it may answer maybe no, but you can tell them when the next one is. So now they look forward to it. And, you know, it may boost the attendance in your class. Um, If your school pulls kids a lot to do extra work um, or to catch up on work due to absences and illnesses, your class will be the class they don't want to miss. Because... You're going to be playing games in there. And, you know, early in life, we learned through play. You know, we learned that things were sharp and you can't put, you know, a square peg through a round hole no matter how hard you tried. You know, we learned through play. And we, as we get older, we forget to do that. Yeah. And we just have to, to our comfort level, we have to bring it back. And we have to use it because the adults in the room aren't the one learning the material it's our students and what do our and how do our students want to learn they want to learn through competition they want to learn through play they want to learn through games and kahoot is the perfect way to give that to them
0: i love that man it's great stuff and and a great resource um and just like you said it's super super interactive and it's fun and it gets them up and there's so many different things that you can do with it um and and like i said i know that you use it a lot in your classroom so i wanted to make sure that we touch base on that Last thing I want to talk about is this crazy time right now where we're out of school kind of indefinitely and, you know, like nobody really knows when we're going to go back. What are you doing personally to stay connected, um, you know, relationship wise, whether it's with your, your family, whether it's with your staff members, whether it's with your kiddos, what are you doing to help to maintain a sense of normalcy in this crazy time
1: period that we're going through right now? So one of the first things I do is make sure that when I'm allowed to be at the school, I get there. Um, We, our school happens to be the lunch hub for our, um, our attendance center and Monday through Friday from, for two hours a group of teachers go up there and we pass out lunches um, for free to any kid that's in the car, kindergarten, or not kindergarten, excuse me, but any kid that's in the car all the way up to age 18. Um, So one of the things that I've done and I've encouraged other teachers to do is the whatever program you use, whether it's Remind or school status or whatever your district or whatever you use for your classroom. um, I told them, hey, put out a Remind, telling them I'm going to be at the school passing out lunches. I'd love for you to come by and honk your horn at me. You know, uh, other things that I do is, um, I haven't done so much over the past two weeks, but I'm very big in the social media. And so if your school has a hashtag, um, or they have a, uh, a channel, um, through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook they use is whatever you post, add that to it so that as students are searching, um, and if they follow those hashtags, then they pop up and they say, oh, my teacher, you know, just did this and um, and then they start looking for what other teachers are doing and what other classmates are doing. Um, That's primarily uh, what what I've done to make sure that I stay that I stay connected. Um, I'm a non-academic class, so there hasn't been a lot of focus on uh, me sending work, quote unquote, home for them to do during this time. But uh starting tomorrow, I'm going to be working on a weekly DIY at home art project um, and that incorporates uh, cross-curricular stuff. So like art through math, art through literature, um, art through history, things along that line to where it gives them something they can do that they should have the materials and resources at home. Uh, or a better chance of that they don't have to go out and purchase anything and just being able to use what you have at the house just to make sure that we're all staying safe and protected
0: yep i love it man because it's just one of those things like you know there's not a book that teaches you how to get through this as an educator or as an administrator or you know as any type of leader you know it's it's one of those just you could have never predicted this um and so it's just wild. And so I love hearing the different ways and seeing the different ways through social media. Uh, we talked about earlier before we started recording here, you've posted some just absolutely hilarious stuff on your social media as well, which makes me laugh, which I think is important too. Um, because again, you're, you're relating to your kids, you're relating to me um and and it's just to be able to keep a sense of humor and a positive outlook in a time like this i think it's so important that people like you are out there doing that and providing that sense of hope and as much of a sense of normalcy as as we can possibly have in this time period man so thank you for that
1: not a problem and and that's the key is that if out of all of this i hope people realize that that they can do you know um uh when you're sitting at home you know, from from TikToks to Snapchats to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any other platform of technology that you use for social interactions, that we're doing, we're using them very differently now, and we're being forced to use them differently because it was at one point in time all about me. You put your best face out there, you put whatever was important to you, and now it's the only way we can communicate with other people. Yep, and, and so we have to put different things on social media to communicate what's going on with ourselves. And so I think you'll start seeing some of the funnier sides of, of people and some of the more serious sides. People will be honest that, hey, everything is not right with me. I need some help, even if you know, whether, you know, it's, I need somebody to call me or you hook up with a bunch of friends and play a game, um, virtually online, um, and, and post the outcome or like my wife and I, we are planning, um, a, a, a cosplay type of stuff to, um, show the transition from, hey, we wear regular clothes and now we're straight mad maxing it, you know, so we, we're doing all different kinds of things. It's, allowed uh, my wife and my kids to reconnect from our busy schedules to where they are. We just don't run into each other. Yep. And now we're around each other 24 um, seven. And so uh, as bad as the situation we are in now, the key is to look at what positive can, can come out, can come out of it. And if anything, it helps education move forward through better use of technology And not just we're going to use a Promethean board now instead of a chalkboard type of use of technology, but um, just being able to communicate what needs to have what needs to happen quicker to being productive, even without everyone being in one place at one time, showing personal ownership to your education through being given uh, assignments. And then completing them on your own when you choose to do it. Yeah, I think it's this whole situation, you know, and this comes from somebody that my bachelor and master's degree are 100 percent online. And so. This isn't uncomfortable for me, but I do know for some folks without somebody pointing and saying to do, they're not going to. Yeah. And so I just I just love that. That gives us an opportunity in education to show how resilient and how valuable we are and just find, you know, as many different ways as we can to reach our students and to support them and provide hope that this too shall pass. And we're going to come out of it on the other side stronger than where we were. I love
0: it, man. Chase, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. Thanks for all that you do for the world of education. Like you get it, you know, and like I said, I, I love seeing all your posts and everything that you do on social media. had the opportunity to spend some time with you here when we did our educator summit down in Mississippi and to meet your wife as well. And just think the absolute world of you. And just, again, just want to say thank you for all that you're doing for, for our young people and for the difference that you're making every single day, man.
1: Hey, not a problem. I appreciate it. And all the, All the teachers out there that uh, may be listening, uh, make sure you close all your conversations with I love you because your kids may not hear it if it's not coming from you. Guys, you've been listening to the
0: Green Room Podcast Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, if you do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids.